Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toppy, toppy. This is Warsaw Calling, this is Warsaw Calling, and welcome to a Burkamp Wonderland and Arsenal podcast. This is Lord Hill Wood, otherwise known as Steve, live from Warsaw. Tonight, we're going to be talking about our mate Steve. As everyone listening will know, Steve sadly passed away on the 4th of August this year after a long battle with cancer. And uh, a few of us have got together now just to talk about the fun times that we had with him, talk about the stuff that he liked, talk about some of the memorable things that he did. And uh, Jace, you'll start off with you. Oh, we'll all, all start talking now. But Jace, yeah, what did you want to say about him? Because uh, it was it was a, a funny bloke and very wise. Look, I when I started listening to ABW, Steve was was probably my favourite character because I related to what he said. You know, we were on the kind of same wavelength there. I, I shout out off him something silly like that and asked a question on one show and you know you start interacting with somebody on Twitter. You, you get to know people and what have you. Yeah, losing Steve's been a, a massive, massive. Um, it's left a massive void in ABW for me because um, when I joined the, the, the group, he became a friend very quickly. Very wise. He could be antagonistic. He could be silly. He could be funny. He could be brilliant. He was all of the above. If you know what I mean. It's very rarely I get emotional over losing people nowadays. It's only happened three or four times in the last 25 years. And this one did hit me. Um, Andrew, who will speak later, phoned me up to let me know. And still a bit choked up now. Still a bit choked up now. Steve was an intelligent guy, as, as the boys will um, uh, allude to later. A very thoughtful bloke. Not always right, not always wrong. You can have a bloody good argument with him. And it was all forgotten the next day. He was a top, top man. And um, ABW is a sadder place with him not here. Yeah, for those who, who didn't know, um, Steve originally did a first podcast with um, the Steve's Board Collective, a podcast that a few of us have been on before. And he made his debut on there in May 2013. And then seven of us who were on that one and uh, all got together and started ABW in, in June 2013. And uh, so Steve was a founding member of this. Partway through, he got a job working for what he used to say was the Polish equivalent of the BBC. So he said he had to stop doing podcasting. And then when he left that, we sent him a message and said, look, if you'd ever like to come back. Uh, and so he did. And he managed in his time to do 64 actual podcasts with us. Mr. Hollick, um, what was your, your thoughts? Of the first, I, I went and found out the first time that um, most of you podded with Steve, didn't I? Yeah. I, I didn't come on to ABW until a year after you'd started it. And Steve was always a good listen. Um, and we actually didn't pod together for a couple of years. But immediately, of course, I was invited onto the WhatsApp group. Got to know Steve a little bit through that. And then we started chatting away from the WhatsApp group. And it soon became very apparent that we had known each other quite a few years ago. We'd been to a few of the same games. And it was one of those situations where you'd look at each other facially and we looked very different 30 or whatever it was years ago. So it hadn't clicked into place until we started chattering away. And that was the great thing about Steve is there would be times when he obviously, um, uh, it can be a little bit cold in Poland and he didn't want to go out and he wanted a natter and he could chat the legs off a, uh, the hind legs off a horse. And it was like Jace was saying, he was, he could be tremendous fun. Uh, but the thing that always struck me about him, is that you spoke to me or you spoke to everybody just then and mentioned him going to Poland for the first time, working in television, then getting this excellent marketing job. And I think back to the Steve I must have known 30 years ago and what most of us were like. And you just couldn't have nothing but admiration for the guy. A, that he goes abroad in order to secure his future, 
B, that he gets such a good job in a country where English, all right, it's it's spoken, but not widely spoken. So he has to get up to date with his Polish, which I think is admirable. And and generally, the level at which he got to, that there was ambition in the guy that you thought of probably wasn't there when you first met him. And so, as well as everything else, I had the utmost respect for him. And the, uh, there is one particular giggle I always get from him because he absolutely had reached the stage where we didn't call Tottenham by anything too derogatory, although he absolutely hated them with a passion. But all of a sudden, they became Middlesex. And it, st- it certainly resonated with me. And I've, I've kept on using it ever since. And I will continue to use it. And I will continue to think of him when I do. That's very true. Um, I always notice that when I talk to you, Raj, Gav and Steve, I always try and winkle some stories out of you about the, uh, the, the football at Arsenal in, in, the, uh, in the 80s. and what We you only went to, to football. There's nothing to tell. <laughs> That's exactly what Steve would say. You know, exactly. the past, nothing to say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Fifey, what's your memories of Steve? And uh, I um, told you the first time you did a podcast with him as well, didn't I? You did, mate. Yeah, and you know, it's, um, my memories of Steve are he's a man first and foremost. You know, he was a truly principled man, and I guess in 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 situations like this, the the most obvious thing to do is just to throw superlatives at someone. Uh, and when you do, principled is perhaps not the the most obvious one. But f- for me, Steve always came across as a man who, you know, all, all of the great things that you can say about him for me are a byproduct of his principles. You know, here's a man who. If I'm not mistaken, you know, he grew up in Islington. Um, he, I think, he was originally lived around the the estate um, just at the, the the southwest end of Clissold Park, which isn't, you know, isn't the most salubrious parts of town. Um, before then, moving to, if I'm not mistaken, it was Aberdeen Road, so not too far from Highbury Village. And I think, as a as an elder teenager, him and his family moved down to the West End. But he's a guy who, you know, he grew up with very socialist values, but you could tell he had an extremely liberal outlook on life, and he was a uh, a very progressive man who, who you know, who, who lived his life. You know, he was clearly very intolerant of of um, what he saw as, you know, non-progressive views. And he was very forthright in his, you know, combating of topics like Brexit and, and anti-xenophobia. And he was just a very pro-cultured man. And he's a guy who kind of grew up in perhaps a humble, you know, humble beginnings. But that never stopped him. You know, he went on to... To, you know, to work for some of the biggest and best marketing firms in the in the world, you know, he he wasn't just you know a guy in marketing. You know, he he was humble enough, but he, he never really made a big deal of it. But he you know he worked for the likes of Saatchi and Saatchi, which you know when he would have joined there would have been probably the big you know the number one marketing agency in the world. Um, and then went on to WPP, which which is what took him over to Poland. Very impressive guy as well. You know, he's the kind of guy that if he ever gave an opinion, and, and as the kind of the boys alluded to, you know, Steve's the kind of guy who could talk for hours. In my line of work, unfortunately, it's difficult for me to um, to listen to, uh, to to the WhatsApp voice messages. And St- Steve never really had uh, he never really grasped the idea of typing. He was always uh, using the uh, using the microphone function on, on WhatsApp, and so it was quite fun. Sometimes I could, you know, on my commute home, the entire journey would be spent just listening to voice messages that Steve had uploaded throughout the day. But, but one thing that struck me about Steve when he did speak, you know, I listened for a reason. And that's because he was autodidact and in so many subjects. And, and he wouldn't just, you know, give you a flippant opinion on something. You could tell he'd really give thought and structure, and, and, you know, and to his to his opinions. Um, and as Jay said, he wasn't always right. And Steve and I, had, you know, battles on politics and football and many other subjects, Um but you knew that, you know, if, if you could, you know, match your enthusiasm to his or you could at least show that you you were, re- you know, relatively well read in the subject, he, you know, he, he would love to discuss anything with people. And he was also, you know, admirably, admirably well traveled as well, you know, for, for a guy that grew up in, in his era. You, know, you could tell that him and his father used to go away a lot. He, he, he used to, you know, randomly, I think like last year I was planning a, a walking trip around Georgia and. Steve had been there years before, you know, and this is a country that's, you know, still in the relics of former Soviet. And he seems to have popped up everywhere at some point. He's a, he's a man that, you know, really strived to make the most of his life. Um, you know, and as I said, he, he as, a, as a man, he was principled and, and impressive. 
um, and, you know, and it's really sad not to have him and his, and his daily hours of musings on, on our group at the minute. I feel like Jason's just put in the chat box here that he worked in New York, London, Paris, Warsaw. Sounds like the beginnings of a 1980s song, that, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Simon, I just put, I don't know if you saw it in our chat books, the first, our chat box, the first time that you did a podcast with Steve was on the 3rd of November 2016. It was uh, called Urzel, the Manipulator of Time and Space. Uh, I think sometimes I, I made that up. I think I should have <laughs> left the podcast titles to Steve because uh, he used to love when we used to have music at the end of before YouTube started clamping down with it uh, steve would always turn up half hour before the podcast started even though he was an hour ahead of us being in poland and he would always stay at the end for another hour however long anybody wanted to and we'd always spend half hour discussing what music we're going to have and why and create the titles so what's your your um, immediate memories of um steve and your time with podcasting with him yeah well I, I, when you saw when when you put the title in there i was <clears throat> immediately remember what game it was it was that ludogretz game where you remember Ozil scored that goal in whatever it was the ninety third minute, and there were sort of defenders all over the floor, and he you know dribbled around them and stuck it in, and and I, and I can remember from that podcast, I remember us being you know finishing the podcast and just sitting and chatting for an hour afterwards about you know anything, and that I think was 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 one of the things with Steve that he could talk and was so learned about so many topics and things, and and for me being a man of, of younger year, I suppose you could put it, uh, I just enjoyed you know. It's sometimes in the WhatsApp group, I would deliberately put things in there, just ask about, you know, different things, whether it be, you know, about the sort of early days when he used to go and watch Arsenal or about politics or anything. And 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 as, you know, Fifey put it best, he would give you an answer of considered, educated, thoughtful. And, and that was the, the sort of person he was. And um, for me, as well as that, you know, I could put a stupid picture of me drinking a cocktail at three in the morning and I'd wake up to him being like, oh, fucking hell, what state's he going to be in there? And and that was the thing with Steve. You know, he was truly someone who could dine with Prince or Pauper. He was someone who, you know, could sit and have the most learned conversation about politics, about Brexit, about anything like that. Or he could just sit with you and effing blind about how shit Arsenal were playing. You know, that was, for me, the nicest thing about it. And I, and I always remember his voice notes during matches were sort of a particular highlight. And I would sort of play them as it was going along and I'd be sitting next to my girlfriend and she'd be like, what the, what is going on? What's that guy doing? He's, just, he's going absolutely mental. I was like, yeah, 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 he's fine, he's fine. And then you sort of, and, I, and he'd keep going on and on and on and start explaining to about him, about who Steve was and things like that and stuff. And I was like, yeah, well, he, he, you know, he lives in Poland. He speaks fluent Polish. He's worked for some of the biggest marketing firms coming. She was just like, he does seem like a completely different person to that. And I think if, ever, if there was ever a case of not judging a book by its cover, it was Steve because he's probably goes down as one of the most intelligent people I think I've ever met. And um, for me, as, as we all put, I think he just misses his input in the WhatsApp group and, you know, the fact you could spend time talking about anything. And um, it's it's a void that's difficult to fill, I think, and difficult to put into words. And I know if he was here, he would do it much better than I have, to be fair. Jace? Yeah, I, I mean, as, as the boys have alluded to, you know, he's a guy who... We could converse on, on many different levels and what have you. And what Fikey said about his principles is, is really interesting because I remember I first when I first joined the pod and, you know, you chat in a way. And like all of us, we chat privately and in the groups. And we were talking about the minor strike and being somebody who grew up doing the minor strike, dad was on strike for a year and stuff like that. I remember thinking, oh God, here we go, another champagne socialist, isn't it? You know, you know, you'd get back in mind you thinking, oh, what's he gonna come up with now? Some you know, the usual stuff, okay, you know, and you just think something you lived through, and then some guy working at Saatchi and Saatchi is gonna tell me all about it. And he just said, Oh yeah, I remember I used to do the um uh, the collections at Saatchi and Saatchi for the miners. That's it. Pardon? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do we, we do the collections. We go around the floor, uh, collecting for the the miners who were on strike during the thing. He, he was a man of conviction. You know what I mean. He was a socialist by by you know upbringing. His parents um, uh, taught him the value of education. He followed that through, and he valued education. But then he was telling me about you know even though you'd have so many people who didn't share the same political views as him or people on strike there would be £50 notes going in that collection tin and, and, and things like that. And, and it was at that point you kind of thought, oh, right, okay, so you, you, you're not what I expected. You're not, um, you know, it's time to shut up and listen to you. 
do you know what I mean? Not make an assumption over somebody who I think Fife he you know, spoke well about how where he grew up, etc. His mother had a really good job in government. You know, Steve did well at university. You know, he he his his um career was stellar. Um, you know, and as you say, moving across to Warsaw, I think um, he was telling me his secretary at the time was Polish and she wanted to go back and he thought, let's give it a go. And, uh, you know, getting to learn the language, etc. it was a struggle for him, but he overcame it because he valued education so much. He, va- he valued learning and everything that offers you. And he also had some banging stories as well. You know, there's some days you were in the mood for those voicemails, okay? And there's some days you weren't. But you'd always go back and have a listen, wouldn't you? Whether you agreed or not, it was never the point. It was, I, I used to love, I'd, I'd, I'd message him, uh, John Welsh, John, John, I'm going to wind Steve up now, get ready to pile in, okay? Yeah, 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 I'm on it, okay? So you'd make a statement, whether it be stupid, whether it be pertinent, it doesn't really matter. You knew Steve was on the end of this. Fish, the hook, the worm was in the river, the hook was there, and then the voicemail would start. And so we'd start laughing privately. He'd say something, then John would pipe in, and you, oh, and he knew what we were doing. He knew what we were doing, but he loved, he loved the banter and he loved the argument and he loved proving his point. Whether he was right or wrong, he loved it. We don't talk about politics much on ABW, but uh, I once said to him, you do know I refer to you and Jason as the ABW loony left, didn't you? And he went, damn right, I'm proud of it. But I mean, I've been on Twitter for 10 and a half years, and I must have been following Steve for about nine of those years. He's, he asked his daughter to shut his account down. He's, all his, his um, social media has gone apart from his Instagram, which is him walking around taking pictures of historical Poland. And I remember the first time I heard of him on Twitter, he did a blog about the finances. And I went and read it and I thought, wow. So I said to Steve, who ran the Steve's Ball Collective, I said to him, we've got to get this bloke on. He's brilliant. And then Gav went, I know him. I'll have a word of him. I'll get him on. And I thought, here we go. It's going to be, it's going to sound like, sound like Fife. He does now. We didn't know Fife back then, I don't think. And he's a bloke who knows what he's on about. He knows his finances. And I thought, he's going to get some posh bloke coming on, well educated. So the first time he came on a spokesman, Hello, Geezer, how are you doing? I thought, what? <laughs> it sounds like Gav to a certain extent. And that was not, you, you, like you were saying, Jay, you thought he's going to be one thing and he turns out to be another. And then also, like you were saying, I mean, I think we can all just chip in whenever we want now because we've all said a little bit. But like you were saying, Jay, uh, we've been talking about blah, blah, this player. Oh, I used to drink at so-and-so club with him. I had a night with him. I got drunk with him. I used to, uh, Many a time is it I had a chat with George Graham or, or, or Tony Adams or all of that lot. I'd be involved with him and he'd tell us about a couple of stories and he, he did pods when Dave Hillier was on and Dave Hillier would talk about it and he'd go, yeah, I was there for that and just all those all those amazing all those amazing stories that he used to tell. But it's uh, just talk for ages. And I used to feel guilty when he would... Um, I mean, at the end of the, uh, every podcast now, you'll hear Steve going, and when Spurs scored, I was fucking livid. And, and so he, he's got that. And I used to listen to every voice, nearly every voice message he did during a game and all the time in case he ever clicked on it to see who would listen to it. And I felt guilty about not listening to his messages. And, I've, and usually I delete all my WhatsApps every couple of months. I've not deleted my WhatsApps in since Christmas last year. So I've still got all of his audio messages that he sent to all of us, that he sent to me personally. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's quite emotional when you, you listen back to those, like you were saying. The funny thing was... I'd put this in the group the day he passed away. When we he was going for his tests, I, I sent a message, how are you doing, pal? How are the tests going? Blah, 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 blah. And um, uh, he put a voicemail back in to me and he said, oh, it's not great, Jess. It's not great. It's, it's, not, it's not great. Going to have some treatment. But anyway, pal, more importantly, how are you? And that was Steve, you know? He's just had news which is going to take his life. And the one thing he wanted to know about is how my day was. And that sums it up for me. And, you know, it still it still chokes me up. But, you know, after all those brilliant voice messages and the ones that would have you in tears and of laughter and, you know, the, the little ones where he's just so frustrated at, ah, oh, Welcome to the garden more. They're just running through our defence. When when you heard when I heard him say, you know, oh, they're not too great, he knew something's up. 
and for him to say, but more importantly, oh, you pal, that sums him up. Simon, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, I was going to say, I just would have loved to have gone out on a night on the piss with Steve. I just think, just when I just hear the stories he used to regale of the sort of the pictures I'd post in there and the places I'd put in there, and he'd be sort of like, oh, fuck. I mean, the, the colours the colors of the drinks I had, I think, definitely angered him, which is probably why I drank more and more of them. But I was just, it's just a man. It was great. when we met at that time, Jace was there and a few of us, and we all had a few beers in London. The sort of time you think, oh, it would have been great to go and sit and have sort of a beer with him and shoot the shit as it was. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say. He was, uh, I think we've touched on a bit. He was kind of this hilarious paradox, as you guys kind of mentioned. He was a very intellectual man, and, and, it, and you'd read what he'd have to say in his finance blogs. You know, Danny, as you said, you'd probably think he's going to be this Oxford nerd. But I remember I was uh, so I'm when I first started interacting with Steve. I think it was it was pre me being on the pod. Actually, I, I was just you know tweeting about football and and, and uh, football finances, and I was kind of privy to a few um, corporate finance documents about Arsenal just off of the trading terminal that I had. Um, and Steve was like, "Oh, can you send them to me via email? I'd love to read these in my spare time, you know, commuting to work." And so started speaking to Steve um, via email back in I think it was like 2012, 2013. Um, and we were, you know, going back and forth somewhat about, you know, various elements of, I don't know, financial ratios to do with Arsenal or something crazy. And, and then I just remember, I think we were playing Tottenham the next weekend and just this absolute stream of filth like, <laughs> appearing on my timeline from I don't think I've ever used, seen the C word used so many times in quick succession. And genuinely thinking, is, is this guy been hacked? This is surely not the same guy who I've been conversing about, you know, net debt ratios with and how we can uh, solve for it with a different marching strategy or something. But, you know, he, he, he was, it, when it came to Arsenal, he was like Jekyll and Hyde, wasn't he, bless him? And all the intellect went out the window, and then he was the most emotional one of us going, I think. But absolutely loved, loved chatting football and finance. And, and, and also said, he may, you know, even though I didn't necessarily always have the time of the day to talk on, 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 the, uh, on, on WhatsApp just because of his insistence on voice messages, but when you did talk with him, it was always fun, right? It, it was just so engaging and encapsulating and you couldn't help want to, you know, talk with him. Whether you agreed with him or not, you know it was going to bring, you know, brighten up your night. Um, just a fantastic, lovely man, really. And and he always made time for everyone else, as you said. He was always the first on and he was always the last off and he, he was reliable. You know, if someone had to pull out of the pod for whatever reason, you knew he would nine times out of ten, if not more, put his hand up and he would jump in straight away. Um he was a real stalwart and a, and a figurehead. And, and and when I first started listening to the pod, actually, you know, a couple of years before I joined, I always, you know, he always fascinated me because he was a man who was so convicted in his own opinion that sometimes as, as a listener, I'd listen to him and I was like, Jesus, this guy, I, I can't stand listening to him because he's so adamant about his opinion. And I was so, you know, and if I, if I didn't agree with him, that is. But then when I did agree with him, I was like, God, this guy's a bloody legend. He's He's, he's nailed it, right? He, he 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 was I don't know he just had this way of you know really wanting me to listen more and more to the podcast just to think I wonder what Steve's got to say about this um, this topic whatever, whatever the topic of the, or the theme of the week would be you knew one way or the other you were going to come out there and 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 you're either going to have this huge disagreement with what he had to say or, or, or you're always going to back what he had to say but he never left you on the fence did he did it uh, old Stevie boy he, he always brought out the best in you I tell you what I kind of remember most about him and it's not what you'd expect from a guy with his background. And he did have a couple of hobbies he's very keen on. I'm sure one or two of you will pick up on the one I'm not going to mention. But Hmm. he used to drop me lines. Danny just alluded to his love of going out the weekends, photographing around Warsaw. Um, I didn't realise he'd left the Instagram account up because I thought there was a reason he would probably have dropped it. And I've just had a quick look at it, and there are a number of photographs that don't appear. Because what was fascinating about the guy, and he would drop me these snaps and say, have a look at these, and this is what it's all about, and this is where it was. And he would go, there are obviously places in Warsaw that are linked to events of the Second World War that they've kind of tried to hide away behind various fences and barriers and Steve and a couple of his mates would find a way around those barriers and take some of the most sensitive 
and astonishing photographs I've ever seen, some of the most moving shots. And I know he did share them for a while, but he never left them up for long because the Polish authorities wouldn't have been overly delighted with him. And I'm sure that whatever was there has gone now is because he wouldn't want anything to happen to the family. But it was, if you can imagine the situation for the Jews in Warsaw back in that time, there is still lots of evidence of what happened that's not been disturbed. They try not to let people see, but I guess at some point uh, they will want a, a record of the horrors that happened there. And his photographs captured them. And I will never, ever forget that. He was, you wouldn't have expected that side to him either. But he was just, as well as being this brash sometimes, uh, he was also a very sensitive guy at times. It was a great side of him to share. He he threw himself into that, didn't he? Um, I remember... I watched some documentary on the Holocaust, and we 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 were just shooting um uh, shooting the shit so to speak um talking about him have you, and I mentioned uh, there was some guy who was at I can't remember which camp it was he escaped, and he became um uh, part of the resistance and he and he said oh that's such and such, and he didn't interviewed him or he, he 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 you know he became friendly with this guy, and many others like him. And he'd put up links to interviews, that um, more interviews that this guy had done about his time, about his experiences of that time, etc. And there wasn't just one or two of them. He, you know, when when he moved to Poland, he immersed himself in that culture. You know, he really got down with it, and he got to know people. And you know, I, I you know, it, it, this is. This is our fondest memories of the man, and um, but it's what who he was, you know. He didn't do things by halves. He told you exactly as it was, you know. Um, and it, it, it always there was always a little surprise from Steve, wasn't there? There was always a little surprise of, oh yeah, I know him. I've interviewed him. We did some work with him, etc. I was like, Jesus, I've just been looking at this guy on TV, thinking, oh my god. I, I I don't think I I've got an ounce of that bravery that you've shown in me, and and Steve knows him and Steve's been talking to him and you know he really really did immerse himself and he found it important to remember what had happened and to do these people justice. And he was so um uh, like you said he, he immersed himself in it that I don't know if he actually did but he was um um able to speak spoke fluent Polish knew all about the history and he said he was either planning to or had taken people around tours of the old Polish ghettos to um to show people what went on explain to them the history he said because this kind of stuff was like you were alluding to Dave was was being swept under the carpet and they wanted to move on and he said people need to know their history and and on a slightly lighter note he used to say quite often that he'd be walking around Poland he'd be in the shops talking to people in English and then he'd hear some people talking in Polish and they'd be saying something like something mean or something and he'd turn around to them in fluent Polish with the right accent and go I speak fluent Polish mate <laughs> and he said <laughs> and they used to crack him up when he did that and then he always had always had a pub that he'd always go to and he was always going uh, regularly going on about that his mate used to do the commentary for Polish TV and he'd, 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 he'd text his mate during the when he was doing the commentary for the Arsenal games on Polish TV and go you've got that wrong and and then a couple of minutes later, his mate would then go and then correct himself live on air because Steve had messaged him and gone, oi, you've got that wrong, Treacle. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then do stuff like that. But it was just so funny the way that he did it. But it's amazing how a, a boy from London could go over there and, and fit in and be teaching the Polish about their own history. That is something that is just amazing. And that's why he wanted his Instagram left up. He did, he did that trick with the the language. I think he used to do it for like cabbies as well when they'd sort of try and mug him off and take him this sort of wrong route. And he'd oh, they'd try and overcharge him and he'd sort of quit back in Polish. Like, you do know I fucking speak the language, by the way, mate. <laughs> and that was the thing. was Like, his, his insight into like Warsaw and Poland, I always found fascinating. I mean, from a like a mundane and simplistic level, you always knew what the weather was like because he'd either be saying it's fucking freezing, it's minus 30 and I've got the heater on, or... 
he'd be rejoicing that it was summer because the opposite sex's attire had changed. Like that was the way with Steve. He would just <laughs> always give it how it was. And as much as, you know, there was, we always talked about how we'd bait him and, you know, Jason, John, you know, those sort of stories are so funny. But if there was any way you wanted to poke the bear and just get him rolled up, all you had to do was mention Jerry Payton and you'd have him, <laughs> you'd have him off. <laughs> windmilling. <laughs> Coming out of the, the oh, penalty area, oh. windmilling at everything, missing it. It goes, oh. that twat's been trained by Jerry Payton. You need to get him out of the bloody club. He's a nightmare. He's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> And it helped as well because, because obviously Chesney and Fabianski, you know, both Polish and both had an utter hatred for Jerry Payne and went on Polish TV that Steve was even more, you know, justified in his hatred because two, the two goalkeepers, both from Poland, had come out and, you know, obliterated Jerry Payne. But that I will forever associate with Jerry Payton with Steve and his utter hatred of him. Do you know, there's a, there are a couple of stories which always make me laugh, OK? Um, there's one, he's on the, he's on the lash and his, his local... And I'm not sure if it's the night we beat United to win the title at Old Trafford, or it was from um, one of the games on the forty on the forty nine run. I can't remember which one it was, but there was there was an Asian midget who was a Man United fan giving it large at the pub. Okay, yeah. and then Steve was talking and he think, well, you know, you you got to be nice, you know. Um, his Polish was quite decent, but of course you got you got that so Chinese or whatever twang it was. He said, so I had a bit of trouble with him. But then he started getting Larry. I said, oh, what do you do? I threw him over the bar. What? <laughs> 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 I threw him over the bar. He said, you're fucking coming back in here like that. Yeah. And of course you just you're in tears, I do, you know. But that fit in the pub, though, didn't it, Chase? Because didn't he used to say it was the Legia Warsaw pub? And I'm yeah. thinking, there's no way in hell if I'm in over there, I'm like using the Legia pub. But obviously him being able to speak fluent Polish, he was able to make friends, he was able to share stories with them. And so nights like that, I'm sure they were all gooners for the night. Yeah, there was a big expat population who used to go in there. And he said, and because they all knew each other, they knew what buttons to press and not to press. But this 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 lad is, was just pressing everyone's buttons that night, you know. He was the guy in the lift who presses every single floor, you know, and he paid the price for it. But um, <laughs> there was the there was, it was the, the other one where he'd been to the market, it was middle of winter, been oh. snowing, it was utterly freezing, and the dog used to have this little suit. He'd put the dog in to go out to do its business and what have you. And they'd been down to the market and he'd spent a fortune on meat, on meat, he said. He'd spent an absolute fortune. He said, I've come back. I've packed the freezer. He said, it's colder outside than it is in the freezer, but the fucking freezer's gone and broken. I'm going to ship all this meat out to the bloody ex, to the ex-wife's, he said. Oh, and, and, you know, he's going on and on and on now and he's really wiping himself up. And he said, to cap it all off, the fucking dog thinks it's having a field day. Yeah. It's licking its lips. It's looking at all the meat, you know. And he's just <laughs> a huge it. Oh, he's brilliant. Brilliant guy. Brilliant guy. Every few months, I connect my phone to my computer and I just damn transfer because me and Sean send people. I send her a video every night when she's away at uni. And then I was just transferring them over. And then most of them are just smut that Simon's put in there. And I think, oh my God, if, if I need to delete that off my computer as soon as possible. Or there's some <laughs> right, wrong stuff on there from, from John uh, or the, there's, there's other things like that. And there's this one, and it was of Steve. And I thought, oh, this must be from a while ago. So I double clicked on it and it was him standing outside giving. A, a walking commentary for about a minute of him walking from home to his next job in the freezing cold. He's and he's got mm. he's got uh, Arctic clothing on, and he's saying yeah. it's minus bloody twenty degrees here with wind chill. It's minus thirty degrees, and that was always the first thing we'd say to him this time of year. What's the weather like, Steve? And he goes, 
fucking freezing cold. And then he'd go, um, sometimes we'd be doing shows and he, and you'd hear the fire engines go because in where he lived out of his window, you could see the main fire station in, in um, Warsaw. And he, and he used to go, Oh, the fucking Polsky's here. Some, one of the twats is no doubt having an indoor barbecue. He's burnt his flat down and they're, <laughs> they're doing it right as we are recording the podcast. And he'd have to wait until the sirens had stopped. He used to get so annoyed with these, them, them doing indoor barbecues. And I never knew whether he was joking about an indoor fire, um, barbecue, you know, like people would joke about indoor fireworks that actually turn out to be a thing. So I never managed to find out whether they really were having indoor barbecues. Or it was just his way of taking the piss it, out. Nah, of them, but, it's when yeah. they got dr- it's when they got drunk. They came back after being out in the lash. Yeah, and they took some local dish. They would, and he said every night, and whenever he was on the um, uh, and he was on the podcast, his window be open, and he lived by the fire station in Warsaw, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah. of course they they go past us. Oh, some Pavel's gone and he's burning the flat down drunk again and what have you. And it, it just became part of ABW legend, didn't it? Yes, the first thing you'd ask him, what's the weather like? And I, people might know, I'm not a fan of the cold. And he used to always say, Dan, you fucking hate it here. I said, yeah, I wouldn't be living there, Steve. I'd be living somewhere warm if I could move. Mm. But, uh, here's, here's something, boys, okay? On the website, on our website, Steve mm-hmm. O'Man in Poland, okay? Podcast debut, number one, 11th of July, 2013. Um, ABW live debut, 205, 23rd of May, 2018. I was really happy to have him on that. You know, he's he's been a big supporter of it. But his favourite Arsenal player, Charlie George. (laughs) His favourite Arsenal season, 89. Favourite Arsenal manager, George Graham. Favourite Arsenal stadium, no-brainer for him, Highbury. Mm -hmm. Favourite Arsenal goal, Bobby Perez. Aston Villa, um, a 2-1 game in 2002. Favourite non-Arsenal player, Tony Cruz. Um, uh, Favourite non-Arsenal manager, Bobby Robson. And non-Arsenal stadium, Goodison Park. Yeah. Uh, so that says old school all over it, doesn't it? Yeah. Bobby, in a, in a weird way, Bobby Robson's quite sort of fitting for a character Steve sort of was. Just principled man, you know, impressive, educated upbringing, rose to the top of his industry. Um Quite that's would not surprising that's the manager he picked to be honest. I can imagine as well. I know we, uh, towards the end we moaned about you know Wenger and all that sort of stuff, but you can imagine Steve and Wenger having probably perhaps one of the most interesting conversations. If there was ever going to be a podcast with two people, Steve and Wenger would be would be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. As frustrated as he was with Arsene, I seem to remember one of the rants on the pop of the British press. I was listening to that today, yeah. actually, because I was going to go and play that. But, um, yeah, that's a seven-minute clip on YouTube. And I was going to bring this up, Jace, <laughs> if you don't mind me just pop um, um, jumping in. Oh, go on, we oh, had go on. this section called ABW Soapbox, and we did four or five of them. And then I realised every time Steve is on, there's two or three soapboxes per show when he was on. And he went for a stage where, um, um, about a year ago where he was on all the time because he was he was taking time off of work and he was going and having we, – we know this now. We didn't know at the time. I remember thinking, why are you available for so many podcasts? And it turns out he was yeah. going for tests and he wasn't well. And then I was listening to that very one where he was talking about um, George Burley. And uh, yeah, that is going to. So what? What I plan to do with that, Jace, is uh, this is part one. Part two. I mean, part one is going to all the people who couldn't make it tonight for various reasons. They're going to do a little chat about him. They're going to put and make this into a, a whole thing, podcast with that lot. And then part two is going to be stuff from Steve's very first podcast on Steve's Ball Collective. The first one from ours includes some of his, like you were mentioning, Jace, the soap, the the, the, the ABW soapbox, because so many of them that he did were absolutely magnificent. And I heard it today, and wow, he, he didn't hold any punches at all. He was extra Steve. When, once he went off on a rant, absolutely <laughs> magnificent. It, as Fife, said it on, okay, it was his indelible sort of um, belief in right and wrong. Okay, He'd, he'd have a go at Arsene Wenger all day long. But, you know, when people were treating him unfairly, he'd stand up and was counted. And that's, what, you know, and that's what you love about the man, you know. It, it's. Did, did you ever read his epic rant on, I think he wrote one for Gunnerstown, and it was like a 38 um, tweet, um, well, in theory tweets, because they were all, it was 38 um, sentences or 140 characters long. And it was like an epic uh, rant at the uh, at the British media for their anti-Arsenal bias. 
if you if you haven't, you should definitely find it, and or I'll send the link. Maybe add it in there below in the credits. But it is a thing of beauty. Uh, I'll just uh, read one sentence that, and he, he's slamming in, in in one sentence. The hoof huff puck work rate brigade. No skill, no strategy. Elbows in the face are good. Backed up by white granddads and the football association. He's uh, yeah. He go, you should read it. He, he goes on for uh, for quite some time. Yeah, but considerable, considerable run. Yeah, yeah, that intense hatred for Fatih Castes, didn't he? Some of the stories you shared about that guy were brilliant, and you just think, and he did. He, he, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a hatred because of anything unwarranted. This guy had done things to warrant that hatred, and Steve just absolutely hated him with a passion, and, and I loved that when he go off on one about him. You just think, you know. It's like the, the, the tweets Pipey's he's talking about, they're going to be well worth a read because they will be precise, concise, and, you know, they'll be honest and they'll be right. I was just thinking, uh, has he not got rid of his Twitter account? Yeah, he um, he uh, wrote a letter to, to his daughter and said that, um, here's my passwords, delete all of these, just leave that yeah. one going. So, yeah, they've all gone. I think it's going to say it'd be difficult to get hold of them now. Not this yeah. Gunnerstown. Maybe, maybe Google will help. Yeah, I think maybe he did screen grabs. He wrote yeah. a blog um, for Gunnerstown, but in the format of tweets. So they yeah. weren't uh, tweets per se, but it was 38, one, 38 140 character sent line sentences, which all uh, perfectly formed into the, to an epic rant. Oh, that I missed. I will look for that. Thank you. I've, no, no problem. I've put the link in, in our group now, and it'll be good to share yeah. with the listeners. So, so the titles from the images in here, this is not football. Charlie Ardham grabbing uh, Alexis Sanchez by the neck. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Burley, average player, failed <laughs> pundit. <laughs> okay. That's a typical Steve Emmer thing. Danny Mills, crybaby Mills. <laughs> yeah. he, he hated Sean Dyche, didn't he, in Burnley and Brexit. That was one of his days where he hated them so, so much. Because he was a big fan of John Lou, who had, journalist and I remember that John Lou wrote a piece back 2017 or I dug it out the other day actually which was like in the perfect line between you know indicating something but not getting yourself sued and I remember when Steve read it he was absolutely gushing with joy about how someone had sort of gone for Dyche and Burnley Brexit racism sort of stuff yeah he also uh, always had a bee in his bonnet about Liverpool I found that was one club who who was nearly on a par with Middlesex of him and and he was always adamant that Tottenham uh, were doing peds. That was his. Uh, he, was a- he was absolutely obsessed with that idea. It was, it was Son, wasn't he? He was convinced Son was and Kane yeah. were on. Yeah. Eddie, that cunt, I think, was the exact words yeah. that he used to use. Was it was entirely, I'm not entirely sure he was wrong, by the way. <laughs> I have to explain, if you're our age, Steve and I would have shared that hatred of Liverpool because growing up, you have to remember through the 70s and 80s, when they won nearly everything, nearly every year, and all of a sudden, when you were used to being amongst your very own in North London, all the kids that were growing up were Liverpool fans. Oh. Bloody hell was that all about? And it got to the stage where it really riled all of us, I think. So, yeah, I, I absolutely get where he was coming from there. Dan, was it Dan? Was it you or him who who called them the bin dippers? Yeah. No, that wasn't me. No, that has been him. I think it was Steve. I think Steve yeah. called them the wall pushers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we. Okay, <laughs> and when you go, Steve, we we we're partway through the twenty first century. You can't say fuck it. I don't care. Fucking wall pushing cunts, bin dippers. <laughs> fucking fuck the lot of them. Oh, it's hilarious. You think there's no point telling Steve yeah. knows better than me, he's a more wealthy wise <laughs> man than me, and it's on, on his head, be it. And he loved it. He also might have given the most, you know, articulate tactical point about how you know we came unstuck because the left back was slightly out of position, and then he'd finish it off and go, Yeah, the fucking bin dippers will push. Yeah. Oh, fuck's sake, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, he's, he's actually got on that on that um, blog, five he's talking about there's a picture of Deli Ali diving against the Swans. Another Spurs dive penalty given. He's not wrong, was he? Mm-hmm. Not wrong. No, he really was. No, it, it, it's funny, you know. I mean, you know, you, you go back and you remember all those voice messages and you just think, um, I know John, John would probably say this piece, but he'd play them to his mates. 
and his, mm. mates, his mates loved Steve. And they weren't yeah. even Arsenal fans or football fans, I think, <laughs> a couple of them. <laughs> Just loved his, how passionate he was about things, you know? Talking about how, how good he was, sometimes when... Um, when uh, that he was uh, when I wasn't oh, host. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. Sorry, I just I just started reading through the fucking thing that Fifey put in there. There's just a line in there that says, "So don't come at us talking utter fucking bollocks, Craig Burley. You ex <laughs> you ex chag ex chav non achieving so badly. Are you on US soccer ball telly knob? <laughs> fucking hell." <laughs> oh, sometimes God. you just have, when he went off on a rant, you just have to mute yourself because you need to be going <gasps> or laughing. It'd be, it'd be one or the other. And I remember back in the days when I when we had the other host doing stuff here, and he used to say to me, "We've got Fifey, we've got Steve on tonight. This is podcast gold. Let them do it." And it'd be those two talking for twenty minutes, and no one would interrupt them. It'd all be finances. And then Steve, uh, Steve would go before the pod, say, "Look, I know the people. I used to work for Puma. I know the people at Puma." I know what's going on at Puma. I can tell you lot now, but I can't put it on the pod. And then whatever he told us now, six months before the deal was signed, once the deal was signed, it was almost exactly what we were getting. The stuff about we're trying to aim for a younger, hipper market with the Puma deal and all these other stuff. And he, he regularly he'd have inside information, didn't he, Fifey? He did, yeah. He had some good sources in the club. I think we. I remember being on the pod with him, actually. Uh, it would have been well, 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 maybe last October time and he was talking about Adidas and um, his knowledge of the Adidas still long before it was made public. Um, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm talking back when it was rumours. Um, he, he did seem to have some good ins, but he was also, as you, know, as you said, he was really well known. He, he, he really got to grips with the financial side and he understood commercial revenue streams and what the knock-on effects of, you know, deals meant for the club. And and just a guy you could really shoot the shit with on on a on a higher level, which he was he was a fantastic guy. I've actually come across um, he he actually started off his own uh, blog years ago, and he only ever made two entrances. Well, three. Um, he made three entries into this blog in in the year two thousand and twelve. One was titled "The F Word," the other was titled "They Don't Like the C Word," and then the third one was called "Return of the F Word." So. <laughs> I'll share that with you guys as well, so you can yeah, some music all of these, back in the day. All of these things like that, and the Gunners Town one, and uh, his other ones, and his Instagram. When when we I do put this up as a YouTube video, then I'll, I'll put all those in in the links below. Uh, Simon, read that bit out that you just put in there about Troy Deeney. This, this is absolutely <laughs> classic, Steve. Again, I need to state for the record, this is this is Steve. This is not me insulting the club like I'm a... No, uh, Troy Deeney, less time in the carvery and prison fatty. Mills, you were a talentless <laughs> defender destroyed by Henri and stop crying, you baby. I mean, it, 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 I'll tell you what, that, the thing that five, that Gunnerstown thing that five found is the, is the best, it just epitomises Steve and everything about him because it flips and flops from, you know, eloquently insightful put analysis to just outrageous wild claims that again are still written eloquently but they're just you know mental just, and that was what steve was he was you know an I- exceptional points and exceptionally eloquent and sometimes it come out something so outrageous you just laugh and hold your hands up or you'd gasp and just think oh my god we have to edit that out of the podcast I know the number of times that him and Fife tried to explain to me amortization. I mean, it's I've only just been able to say it. Oh and my God. Go over that again. I go, no, I don't get it. And still, there's people out there that think that's a made up Scrabble word, or what it actually means is is impossible to fathom. And I'm still not even sure I understand it. But that was the kind of uh, knowledge that him he brought to the to the pod. And when him and Fife were talking the finances, or when him and and Simon or OG or Hollick were talking about blogging stuff, you can tell people who write for a living, Jay and you can tell people who, who who just talk shit for for the sake of it like us i always, used to, love, I always used to love he how he would uh, and i know that he had his wings clipped perhaps a couple of times by the editorial policy of the of the uh, of the pod but when he used to go off on his brexit rants actually on the pod <laughs> then he would get people in the comments section telling him to stop talking about brexit or that he was wrong on brexit and then he would go into full on debates with them in the comments section <laughs> on youtube about brexit <laughs> <laughs> his, his, his finance pods were great to be fair they were actually one of my they were quite often my favorites sort of ones where you got you know five on steve on sometimes get sort of swiss ramble on and they were actually you know so so insightful for for all the 
times we have ridiculous pods, you know, particularly after darks and stuff like that, where we talk about ridiculous stuff. Some of those pods were proper, you know, meaty, meaty financial discussion that, you know, not even mainstream media were doing in that depth. To, to and, be fair, uh, you know, Steve. When, you, when you look at some of the content we put out, okay, and I'm forever proud to be part of this group. I really am. You know, we, we there's a great bunch of people who, um, you know, who all contribute, who all, you know, give a shit about each other and who, who care about the football club. And some of the content we've put out there has been exceptional in my eyes, okay? And before I joined, especially, you know what I mean? And since you, 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 I still loved listening to Steve and all you guys. Do you know what I mean? I still loved the content. And when he was in full flow, you know what I mean? Okay, you, you may not agree with him. You know what I mean? And there's only one time I think we've ever, oh, you're way out of order there. And then, you know, it, it goes on the carpet. But he'd always have something interesting to say. You know, he'd always have something which opened your eyes or made you think. You know, he, he challenged you, didn't he? He challenged you to, okay, you, you may not agree with me, but tell you what, that's what I think. Come up with something better and give me a reason. Give me a reason to change my mind. Quite often after a pod, he'd, he'd go, he'd say, sorry, Dan, I, I had to say that. It had to be said. I go, listen, listen, don't worry about that. But there was, uh, there was one funny story that when we first started podcasting, um, people I don't know if people uh, on the pod or, or listeners have noticed that um, I'm a little bit of a stickler when it comes to audio quality. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody tries to use wire, before we started, I'll edit this bit out because I went three, two, well, who's fucking doing the washing up, banging pots and pans? Five, you went on mute and the side of them, you don't, no one ever admits to doing it. But I know whoever goes on mute is the one making the noise. And for, if you go back and listen to the early pods, whenever Steve is on, you hear this really faintly in the background. So he used to get his phone and go, Steve, is it your is it your fucking phone that's doing it? He went, I, I don't fucking know. You'd hear him pick his phone up and throw it on the other side of the room. And then he, he, he I said, we got to the point with Steve where we were having to say, right, he went and went, went fuck it. I'm going to go in the kitchen. He unplugged his freezer. He fridge freezer and he said, Right, that is staying off until the show is done. And that wasn't it. And then he thought, it, it was was it was it his lamp that was next to him? Turns out that after six months of this going on and it was all the way through, it turns out that it was his charger charging up his laptop. And that helped <laughs> that he has helped national radio with that because I listen to Ian Lee every weeknight at, at 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. on talk radio, and he was having the same problem. And this went on for months. And I thought, should I just ring him up top? And I rang up and I went, spoke to the woman, and I said, I think I know what's wrong with Ian Lee's um, buzzing. She went, okay, oh, I don't know. We'll leave it to the tech people. Ian Lee then went on five and state and went, hold on, Danny from God Manchester was there. Where's he gone? What did he want? And and Amy said, he rang up to tell you what was wrong with the buzz. And he went, right, get him back. So he rang me back. And he said, well, you think you know what the problem with this is? I said, yeah, well, my mate Steve in Poland had this problem. Unplug your power, your charger from your laptop. He went, well, give it a go. And it stopped. He went, oh. You have just saved the show. <laughs> there you go. So that's another thing Steve can claim that his uh, his laptop buzzing has helped save national radio. The day Steve passed away, you know, Fifey phoned me up. Okay, I, I, and, and, the, and the news kind of hit me. Okay, and you know, you, you didn't want to say too much. Boys were chatting in the group, and we could see things going back and forth. And you know, I, I'm eternally thankful to Fifey for letting me know when. Uh, the week before, Chris had phoned me up and he said, Jace, he said, look, I've just spoken to Steve. He said, give him a bell, mate. Give him a bell. And so give him a bell. Um, I spoke to him and it, it it was a convoluted conversation because obviously with the medication he was on, mm. he was, um, uh, he, he, there were some hallucinations and so forth there. So, But it was, you know, you, you've got to say goodbye, which was what the point. But that night, I, I, I grumped around the flat. I sort of did my in and I was, I, you know, it hit up. It hit home. It hit home. And I, 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 I didn't know what to say in the group. I, that, uh, I don't want to make out that he's a saint. I don't want to make out that, you know, oh, no, you know, this, you know, we knew what was going to happen. We knew it was coming. But you wanted to do him justice. And I've gone through the old, I'm uh, Clips I was talking about, and that, that sums him up. So I put that in. And next thing, okay, I could see 
<laughs> and it's about it's about half eleven at night. It's a Sunday night, isn't it? So all I could see is Steve Whittle typing. Thought, what the fuck's going on here? Okay, <laughs> hold up, it's a good. Oh no, hold up, it's typing. It must be his daughter. Thought, you know what I mean? Because it would normally be the voicemail, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. and he just thought, oh god. But you just thought, oh, he'd love that. He'd have loved that. You know, me thinking it's a freaking ghost. You know, but uh, he, he had some brilliant story. Do you know the story he said about the man? Anders Limbaugh, Anders Limbaugh, upon tour in Sweden. Oh, is that one where you, the smoking one? Yeah, yeah. Go on, tell one. it, yeah. Oh, fuck. I, I can't remember the full story now, but you're just listening then. Oh, up here, this guy's smoking, he's, he's staying in players' <laughs> rooms. He's, he's bedding down in players' rooms. They were just, it was a different time in football. You wouldn't see that now, yeah. would you? What are you going to say, Dave? No, 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 I was just, I was just agreeing. There were... There were moments, I mean, the, probably the most famous one was after the 94 Cup Winners' Cup final in Copenhagen when Johnny Jensen came out with all the boys afterwards to celebrate and some bugger nicked his wallet. <laughs> I, you just, hang on a minute, boys, who's done this? We don't do it. Obviously, nobody ever owned up, but, yeah, they, uh, it, it was not unheard of. For the boys to celebrate with with the team around at that time and before, I think the one you were saying, Jace, was um, that there was a preseason friendly and uh, yeah. Steve was standing by the touchline and him and his mates were smoking. And I think George Graham, whoever it was, told him to stop it and they wouldn't stop it. And Anders Limpar, I think it was Anders, came over and said, "Look, could you stop smoking because the, the boss doesn't like it?" And they and they they did stop. Um, we were offered, and we don't really do guests anymore because we'd rather have all of our mates doing this because we'd leave that to other people. We, we've been down the line of having ex-players. We might have Rami Shaban on again or Dave Hillier, but um, we were offered um, Piers Morgan and cool. uh, and the the, uh, uh, the previous host on here and me were up for it because I like Piers Morgan because he's such an arsehole. And it, Steve made it clear in no uncertain terms, as did Gav, <laughs> as did Raj, <laughs> as did a couple of... And and we all you, did. We all did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. apart from me. And they said, if he comes on, I will never do another podcast again. And then he was going on about all the stuff that how I don't know if it's been proved yet or whether it's still allegedly how when he was um, working um, as head, the edit of one of the newspapers, he fitted up a load of Arsenal fans. Was it the 94 yeah. final? He fitted up yeah. a load of Arsenal fans. Yeah. And I had no idea about that until Steve told us about it. And he said it was absolutely shocking. He said to this day, people still can't go to watch Arsenal because of what happened that night. And then after yeah, hearing that, was. I thought, oh, yeah, good job we don't have him on then. But it, yeah, it was the uh, gala, gala game in Copenhagen, so yeah. 2000. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. I knew it was, it was one of the yeah, the Galatasaray yeah. one. Yeah. But there's some of the stories that he got there. And I bet there was loads more stories I said to him because um, he, he told me just before Christmas um, last year that, that he, was, he wasn't looking too good and I'm not ever the optimist. And I thought, oh, it'd be fine. And then um, a couple of weeks before he eventually did pass away, I said to him, oh, um, I was getting messages off him and he sounded, he sounded okay. And... Uh, I was saying, look, I'd love to do just you and me and maybe a couple of others, just you talking about a couple of hours, you talking about growing up in in where you did and and going to the Arsenal in, in the 70s and 80s and the 90s and all your stuff. And he said, mate, no one's interested in my story. I thought, yeah, they are. But he, he would just refused to do it. And uh, I think that, that would have been such, like, like, like uh, many of you who have been going for all the years, um, hearing about you, about your times, and then uh, there's the like um, Jace was saying earlier that he rang me, and I thought he never rings me. Why is he ringing me? So I rang him and had a chat with him, and he went, "Oh yeah, I'm not taking any medication um, now." And then Chris, he also rang Chris, and then I said to Chris, "Oh, he's not taking the medication. That probably means it's going to be okay." And Chris said, "No, nah, that's not a good sign." And I thought, "Nah, Chris is wrong." Yeah. And then uh, a few days later, we got the news, and it was just uh, absolutely shocking. The thing with Steve was, he, as we've already alluded to. You could relate to him, can you? You could relate to him. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter your level of education. It doesn't matter your views or something. You could relate to what he to what he was saying and what he believed in. And what have you. you may not you may not agree with him, but you could relate to him, you know. And and it's the funny thing when we you know when he announced to us all about how bad his illness was, and you know we had to keep quiet about it because. You know, one of the things that was that were important to him is Vivian, his daughter. You know, 
please, boys, in here only. I've got a family, you know, and he he had some tough times in years gone by. Um, when we won't go into that, but you know, losing people in his life, and she was all that mattered to him, and mm-hmm. her well-being, and you know, she was going to have to go through the mill of watching him fight and yeah. and not win this battle, unfortunately, you know, and but the only thing that mattered to him was that he handled that in the best way possible for her mm. and and that, and that you know that's another reason to love the man you know it's just another reason to love the guy mm, he's very forgiving as well because when he told me he said i don't want anyone to know and not for any major reason but him and, and gav had had a bit of a disagreement and you know like us old blokes we we tend to hold a grudge and i said to uh I said, steve said don't tell anyone i said oh, okay fair enough and then I was speaking to Gav, and I said, Gav, if you if one of your good mates you weren't talking to at the moment might not be here in a couple of years' time, would you want to know about it? He went, say no more. A couple of days later, him and Gav, uh, Gav and um, Steve were talking again on Twitter. And I'm sure um, Steve knew what I'd done. And I'm sure because uh, yeah, they were talking and it was good. And, and, and Gav was very happy with that. But it's just, um, yeah, having... I don't know how many of the others that started this podcast because there were seven of us. I don't know how many of the others are going to be listening to this, but everybody had a big part in starting this podcast. It's a shame that there's a couple of them we don't talk to anymore and a couple have moved on and done, done other things, but it's all it's all for the for the good of the podcast. And uh, at times, he was the glue that kept everything together. He'd uh, he'd do the organising, he'd come up with ideas for shows. He had a lot of people that if if he contacted them, like Swiss Ramble, he, I thought we're never going to get Swiss Ramble on. Steve contacted Swiss mm-hmm. Ramble, Swiss Ramble came on. You knew that if Steve was going to want a guest on, he'd go and get that guest and get them to come on. And uh, a couple of times he even hosted the show. So hopefully when I do the um, do the second part of this, I, there's a couple of where he hosted and it'll be Steve saying hello and welcome to Burkamp Wonderland. Oh, this is Walsall calling, Walsall calling. That's how he used to open it. So when I do the second part of this, that's how I'm going to, I'll have that bit of him opening the show because uh, yeah, he had his own special way of doing it. And uh, he, he knew that if he was hosting, you were going to get asked some hard questions. It wouldn't be like me asking you what you had for dinner or, or what, what's your pet's name or anything like that. You know, that if Steve is going to be on, people are going to listen. It's going to be a really good pod. In fact, sometimes some of the stuff on there, I'd have to go back and listen to it twice because i thought that was a really good point or then i'd reference it in later pods to try and make it seem like i knew what was going on when really i had no idea like amortization still don't still not quite sure what it means get a bloody move on <laughs> get on with it yeah he'll be chuckling listening to this somewhere in the uh somewhere in the airwaves up north he'll be tapped in no doubt and he'll be soppy twats You'll be saying, "Get on with it." That's what we'll be fucking <laughs> yeah. saying. Get to my, get to my, get to my beer. The pod, fuck you know. <laughs> they fucking all were on pads. What you want about? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope it's a bit warmer where he is oh, now than warm. Yeah. And Danny still can't fucking say amortization. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what was really good about him as well was when when Chris didn't have time to do the live show anymore, and me and Danny were talking. Like, okay, I'll, I'll have a go at it. And we made a conscious effort to challenge each other. And I don't think we do it all the time anymore, but, you know, we're not going to agree with each other and everything. We're going to challenge everyone. He was really supportive of that. And, he, you know, he he always made a point of, you know, oh, I really enjoyed that, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're giving both sides of the coin and what have you, and it's really honest. And he was, he was supportive of everyone, wasn't he? You know? Mm-hmm. He was good like that. And it was... It was yeah. You know, it, it shows what a, it shows his caliber as a man. Really did. He was very easy to pod with because he would make things flow around him, and so it was easy for you to interact and then bring others in. And that was where he was really good on the cast. He'd rarely go full carpenter on anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just thinking, yeah, on occasion uh, he would. Yeah, well, yeah, needed to. But uh, me and him used to, um, we'd have private chats on before and after shows because his daughter and Sean are roughly about the same age. Sean's a little bit older. And so we'd just be two old blokes in, in, our, in our old age moaning about kids, moaning about them being on their phones, moaning about them not tidying up. And then uh, 
Yeah, so we use each other for having, having a moan. And we go, oh, it'll be all right to give it a couple of weeks. And it always would be. And then, oh, they're both back to being brilliant again. Not that they're ever terrible, but, you know, we just like to have a moan. And it was good to have somebody who has a, who was my kind of age, my kind of generation, and we both had kids of the same generation and having a right old moan about it. And that they were both Arsenal fans. And Steve used to go, "She's uh, she'd be out, um, he thought would be out walking around Warsaw with an Arsenal shirt on. And an old Arsenal shirt on, and she used to love all of his old Arsenal shirts. And uh, Sean said that um, when we went to the football, she was going to wear the ABW shirt. I said, oh, don't wear that one. We'll wait till we get new ones. And uh, I think she, if I, if I bought... <laughs> <laughs> oh no the one you've sent us is, is the um the, the the very first one that you did so it's not properly oh no we've got two haven't we you're too cheeky bastard yeah get her, get her a barbican pirate shirt maybe <laughs> john john welsh said he's going to buy one for all our friends he said he sent me a message saying, <laughs> he? yeah one one of them is a northern monkey and he's a spurs fan and they were pissed <laughs> up one night in mcdonald's I remember telling steve about this and the, the uh, mate was just he's a, a northern monkey and he's shouting tottenham songs i said does he even know where fucking tottenham is Steve would just be shouting, get on with it. You're not even talking about the right stuff at the moment. So um, I'd go clockwise. Thank you very much, Mr. Fifey, for joining us. Thank you for having me. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Yeah. Cheers, Jace, for jabbering on. The thing is, he'd be really embarrassed by all this, wouldn't he? Will <laughs> he? Yeah. Oh, well. That's, that's the he's, whole point. he's probably not even listening. He's probably upstairs seething about the fact that the Brexit deal was agreed today. And he's, <laughs> he's, tweet, he's tweeting away in, in heaven Twitter about the ins and outs of Boris Johnson being a wanker. He's, not, he's, not, hand, he's not giving us any attention, is he? But on the other <laughs> hand, he will be cracking up about Liverpool having to play on Boxing Day away at Leicester. That, <laughs> that is good. That would be good, bin dipping scumbags. Uh, thank you, Simon, for joining us. It's been uh, it's been brilliant. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been. Uh... It's been very nice reminiscing and, and chatting with you. I think it's been great. And finally, Mr. Hollick, is there anything that you'd like to say to close the show? Uh, just really to say thank you to everybody. I'm glad that we did this. I think it was the right people involved now. You can have the right people coming up with some different views. Thank you very much. This has been a Lord Hillwood Wonderland. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business.